Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I am thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power, friends, in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we will unleash discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. So I hope that you'll consider joining me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we'll delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Once again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, let's dig in. Today, we are looking at righteousness versus wickedness. And the book of Proverbs is full of comparisons for the lifestyles of the wicked and the righteous. We're given strong arguments for living by God's design. There may be worldly advantages to living wickedly, but not heavenly ones outside of righteousness. And when we are righteous, we're approved by God because of our belief in Jesus's finished work at the cross. It has nothing to do with what we've done. So today we're going to take a deep dive into nine key areas of life and compare and contrast what the qualities of a God-fearing person looks like versus a worldly agent of the enemy. And this is seen in the very first proverb where we look at our outlook on life. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 24 tells us the fears of the wicked will all come true. So will the hopes of the godly. Well, friends, what are the fears of the wicked? Well, the wicked person, first off, fears death. These are people who have no belief in God, and they usually always fear death, and with very good reason. And contrast that with believers who desire eternal life and salvation. Their hopes are in Jesus, and their hopes will be rewarded with eternal life. This verse is offering a decision or a choice for people. We can either face our fears or we can have hopes that come true. And the choice is made by either rejecting God and living our own way or by accepting God and following to choose, choosing to follow him. So the righteous are hopeful while the wicked are fearful. Now, continuing on further, looking into our outlook on life, we're going to explore Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, and here's what it had to say. The godly are concerned for the welfare of their animals, but even the kindness of the wicked is cruel. So what is this saying? It's saying that God's heartbeat has been placed into all of his creation. The godly choose to respect, to nurture, and to nourish his creation, recognizing that God has purpose in everything. While the wicked despise and loathe many things in God's creation, treating them with disrespect and even contempt all the way down to God's chosen people. 
When the righteous are concerned about the welfare of God's creation, the wicked, even when kind, are proved cruel. So wrapping up our outlook on life, Proverbs chapter 28 verse 5 has this to say, Evil people don't understand justice, but those who follow the Lord understand it completely. And a part of the character of God is his justice. People who are followers of God treat others justly. Justice starts with concern for what's happening to others. And as Christians, we cannot be indifferent to human suffering because our God is not. And we certainly cannot contribute to this suffering through selfish business practices or unfair government policies. We must continually be more concerned for justice than for the bottom line profits. Always remember people over profits or unfair government policies, we must continually be more concerned about this justice, as I just said, and bottom line, shy away from profits. How do righteous people respond to life? According to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 6, the godly are showered with blessings. Evil people cover up their harmful intentions. So we need to be hyper vigilant in these end times. For Satan, the one masquerades as an angel of light. He's infiltrating the church more than ever today with deception and wicked schemes. His covering is in violence against godly people as he and his fallen angels plot evil. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 30 illustrates this by telling God's people, with narrowed eyes they plot evil, without a word they plan mischief. These very people plotting evil put up a bold front, but the upright or the godly proceed with care. The upright use discernment to uncover the wicked schemes. They give thought to their ways. Proverbs teaches us that a wise man is mightier than a strong man, and a man of knowledge is more powerful than a strong man. Evil people are not to lie in wait like outlaws at the home of the godly, and they're not to raid the house of the godly. God sees and knows all. Nothing gets past him. When the wicked hurt God's children, they will be punished. Scripture teaches in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 12, Don't try to avoid responsibility by saying you didn't know about it. For God knows all hearts, and he sees you. He keeps watch over your soul, and he knows you knew about it. And he'll judge all people according to what they have done. So wisdom is good for the godly soul. This is how the godly persevere against straight up evil in this present day age. Scripture says that the godly may trip seven times, but each time they will rise again. But one calamity is enough to lay the wicked low. And godly people carry with them an immense light which darkness hates. A moral person who's operating out of integrity convicts those who do not. For this very reason, murderers hate godly people who are honest. Now, let's look into how godly people are seen by others versus the wicked. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15 says, A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person walks a rocky road. This scripture verse 
is opposite of the ways of the world. Too many people hear about Jesus's free gift of salvation and they compartmentalize it for a future day, a future they may never come to see because it was more important to follow the world's system of drinking, partying, doing drugs. And now, like the 1960s, psychedelics are becoming popular again to experience that euphoria or that high of an out-of-body sensation. And sex, not just with another person, but any person that's desired. The wicked claim that any sex act is acceptable as long as nobody gets it's hurt. But sin does hurt people. It hurts individuals, it hurts families and entire societies. The wicked tend to perpetuate lies that reinforce their own selfish personal beliefs. They use TV, music, movies, and all other available media and present to us sin-filled lifestyles and these values that just plain lack decency. And these attitudes and beliefs are completely opposed to the Bible. The Bible is the only measure and standard for truth. Godly people are respected by others for not bowing down to evil. They toe the line for God and his kingdom. Godly people don't lead others to sin. Violent, wicked people deceive their companions, leading them down a harmful path. They often attempt to entice us or lure us into sin by selling us on goods and services that are harmful or lock us into commitments we have no business in being in. Say, uh, for an example, 0% interest for so many months. They only think of their bottom line. Some merchants give you a quote-unquote grace period of, say, 24 months to pay something interest-free. But watch out, 24 months plus one day, and now you owe all of the back interest that normally accrued plus more. This is very deceptive, and it's a trick of the enemy. The guilty walk a crooked path. The innocent travel a straight road. There are no shortcuts along God's path. He may have learnings along his road that we only obtain by being diligent in our faith when we follow him. Here again, the wicked utilize crooked paths to manipulate people through dishonest means. But pure people are void of lying to manipulate. They just don't and won't do it. They're above reproach, while the wicked lie, both verbally and through their written words or promises. Proverbs chapter 24 verses 1 and 2 tell us not to envy evil people, not to desire their company, for they spend their days plotting violence and their words are always stirring up trouble. So it's imperative, friends, to bring to the forefront of our minds that a day is coming when Jesus, through his perfect connection with God the Father, will judge mankind and their actions. At this time, sinners will be punished for all of eternity. If you and me are really fortunate, we may live a hundred human years upon earth. This is nothing in light of living with Christ into eternity. We should do ourselves and our families a service by no longer giving in to false worldly values of what movie stars or athletes or even politicians are telling us. They are residing mostly with the wicked. There may be a rare exception who may be a gem in that in those areas I mentioned, but in general, their hearts are not turned towards God. 
Proverbs chapter 28 verse 12 teaches, when the godly succeed, everyone is glad. When the wicked take charge, people go into hiding. Why would everyone be glad to see the godly succeed? It's because people know that success breeds others' success. If you've listened to the previous podcast, one example I've used was that of a runner who broke through the time barrier of the four-minute mile. After his achievement, others caught the vision and went on to obtain the same feat in a markedly short time frame. Righteousness has the power, the ability, and the strength to propel and exalt nations upward. But sin is a reproach or is disapproved by all when a leader who is wicked is elected. People lie low running for shelter. And what about the poor? Jesus was always concerned for those who were marginalized or oppressed. Godly people know the rights of the poor, but the wicked don't even care to know. Communities are brought low when people are selfish, self-consumed, and only care about themselves. They operate out of pride and greed, which was the very first sin recorded in the Bible. These are people who don't treat others fairly. They aren't good. They're not good for their word. They don't value justice and they plain bring down entire communities with their evil ways. So I want to finish today with one more comparison coming from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 27. This says the godly despise the wicked. The wicked despise the godly. Well, let's dissect this. Jesus tells us to love our enemies. This seems like it's in defiance of the word of God. That would be true if you were only viewing it from a surface level. But I know I'm talking with deeper thinkers. You see, we're allowed to hate injustice or hate sin, but we're told to love the person. Recall Jesus overturning money changers' tables in the book of Matthew and calling the place a den of thieves. We may despise the actions and behaviors of others, yet we must continue to operate out of fearless and fierce love to protect our souls. You've heard the saying, kill them with kindness. Jesus tells us to pray for those who despise us and persecute us. Heap up coals of fire upon their heads. In doing so, may God call them into his kingdom where they will recognize the error of their ways. I never want to be a stumbling stone to another, finding Jesus and eternal salvation. So when we earnestly seek God, he promises to be our defender. So come back tomorrow for part two as we wrap up righteousness versus wickedness. And friends, if today you want to experience an intimate, personal relationship with God's Son, Jesus, spending eternity in heaven, I invite you to pray this prayer of salvation now. God, I've missed the mark in the past, but I'm turning away from my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in your Son, Jesus's shed blood for all who acknowledge he took on the sins of humanity, past, present, and future at the cross of Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were spiritually born again. Your next steps are to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And consider joining a good Bible-based church where your faith in Jesus can continue to grow and be edified by like-minded people. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. 
And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special children's podcast airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your kids for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, love in action, biblical wisdom, what the Word of God says about trust, righteousness versus wickedness, and many more. I hope that you'll come alongside me as we explore the Bible together. And if you like this podcast, make sure to hit like and subscribe to ensure that you get the latest episodes as they become available. And you know, friends, why don't you be a blessing to someone else today and share this podcast link with them? Much of today's podcast referenced my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring, you may want to consider reading it in its entirety. You can easily pick up a copy from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com, or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, simply write to me and I will find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's Word. So until next time, be blessed and remember you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.